The Bible Study Podcast, episode 561. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings 19. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As you may recall, last week we had the big showdown between Elijah, the prophet, and the prophets of the false gods, Baal and Asherah. And in the end of that, the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, proved himself real by bringing fire down and lighting the burnt offering, while the false gods didn't do anything, weren't there. And so at the end, the people rise up and they kill the prophets, the false prophets, as the queen, Jezebel, had killed the prophets of God. So you would think in this episode, now that we've proved that God is God and the others are false gods, that this is the, and then they lived happily ever after chapter, but it is not. Elijah is on the run for his life. Elijah flees to Horeb. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So Elijah is afraid. Elijah has just done what God wanted him to do. He has been spectacularly successful. He has been faithful, and yet he is still on the run for his life. Just because we do what God wants doesn't mean that in the short term, everything will be peachy hunky-dory. Because sometimes God is asking people like Elijah to do things that are tough. And Elijah was asked to do things that are tough. And the reason for it is that God was not going to easily let go of the people of Israel. God cared and loved for these tribes of Israel. And he wasn't going to give them up without a fight. And he calls Elijah into that fight. And that is important for us to remember because God loves and cares for those who don't know him today as well and calls us into that fight. You would sometimes think from listening to the news that those who don't know God are the enemy of God. They are the prize to be won. They are the captives to free. And God calls us to bring good news today as God called Elijah to bring tough news to Israel that they had headed in the wrong direction. And so Elijah is ready to die. Elijah is tired at this point. And we'll see that he's more than just physically tired. He's more than just hungry as, we, as this story unfolds. 
But here he goes, and he's at the edge of the wilderness, and he falls asleep, and angels come, and they tell him to eat, and they get ready for this long journey. And he goes back to Mount Horeb. He goes back to the mountain of God. He goes back to where the people in the wilderness got the Ten Commandments to again reconnect with God. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel, and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. One of the themes that we will see in these books of the kings is this theme of a remnant. And that's what these 7,000 are. There are. Elijah thinks he is alone. Elijah thinks he's the last faithful one. And fortunately, he is wrong. But this is something that God knows, and God only knows. He knows the hearts of people, and he knows the actions of people. And so he knows that there are 7,000 who have not bowed down to Baal, have not bowed down to these false gods, these foreign gods. And he gives Elijah a mission. He has three people he's supposed to anoint two as kings, one as king in Israel. Well, remember, Ahab is king in Israel. His wife is Jezebel, and that's who he is fleeing. So he's about to tell somebody else that he's going to take over from Ahab. And he's supposed to anoint Elisha in his stead. So God is letting him retire. We're going into a retirement plan here, but he's saying, it's not what you think. You are not the only one, and I'm not done right? There is a plan still going on. There's a plan still going on today that is part of the same plan that Elijah is dealing with here. God is still at work, and he had saved for himself this remnant. The other interesting thing about this section here is that, you know, go out and the Lord will pass by, and there's the wind and the fire and the earthquake, and then the still small voice. And I love the fact that Elisha is not distracted by the wind and the earthquake and the fire, but recognizes that still, small, gentle whisper. 
it is important for us to recognize the voice of God. It's important for us to recognize the direction that God is giving us. One of the reasons we do the Bible study like this is it's very easy to misunderstand the Bible by taking a single verse and taking it out of context. We had that happen this week in American politics where someone basically used a Bible verse to justify a very bad practice. But the bigger picture here is they had leapt over all of the other Bible verses that talked about love which are the core themes of the Bible. We see it here in the love that God still has for Israel, and he's still fighting for them. We see it in the New Testament when Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commandments, and basically comes back with love and love, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two, and all of the rest of the prophets, all of the rest of the law is summarized in those two. So if you're going to understand one thing, it's not some random Bible verse someplace else. It's those two Bible verses. It's those two core things. It's, it's hearing that still small voice. It's understanding where God is speaking and what God would say because you're used to listening to the voice of God and not getting distracted by all of the other stuff. I mean, I personally would think earthquake sounds like that must be God. You know, wind tearing the mountains apart and shattering the rocks. That sounds like a really unusual thing. That's got to be God, right? But it wasn't, and Elijah could tell. Elijah was in the habit of listening to God. And then we wrap up this chapter with the call of Elisha. So Elijah went down from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak over him. Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said. Then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. It's the calling of this prophet who will come after Elijah. And one of the things that I, is interesting about this is we talk about burning the ships. We talk about this thing that comes from the conquest of the Aztecs and Cortez, where when he gets to Mexico, he burns the ships so they have no second plan. They have, there's no plan B. That's what Elijah just did. Elijah's not going back to be a farmer if this whole prophet thing doesn't work out. Now, I'm not saying it's always necessary or always appropriate to, to, to burn the ship, to, to burn the oxen, but it was a calling that Elisha felt that this was where he was going now. He was going with Elijah. He was going to be something different, and he was going to be doing something different. And that old life is over. I pray that you and I will have the courage to be changed by God to what he desires, to hear that still small voice that he still speaks in, and to be that faithful remnant that is called to do his work as Elijah as Elijah was and as Elisha was. And I apologize that their names are very similar. This is something we will just have to get used to, but we'll stay on. We'll hear more of the story of the prophet Elisha as we move forward, as we start to wind down Elijah's story and wind up Elisha.
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.